Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. to another episode Brother. of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Friday, September 3rd. That means it's Impact Day. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. It is the Impact Power Hour. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelo. And, yeah, so Impact last night. Uh, uh, we both watched it today. And overall, definitely an interesting episode, I would say. Um, I feel like I, I got to first address, uh, not impact related, but, um, I'm on an Island for these AEW predictions. So obviously if you're, if you're new here, we do predictions for the major shows across all different, uh, you know, wrestling platforms. And apparently I'm the only one that doesn't think Paul White, AKA the big show is going to beat QT Marshall at all out on Saturday. And I'm a little upset by that because I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I thought, you know, Paul White doesn't need a win here, but apparently everyone disagrees Hey man, uh, vocally with me. Hey, man, I, I'm upset because <laughs> uh, so I for the one bonus question that we did, it was uh, if Paul White gets pulled and they just have a different person wrestle QT Marshall, who will it be? I wrote Adam Shear. AKA Braun Strowman, thinking I would be the only person to choose that man. And apparently, yeah. like four of us did. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was, who else could it be? I was like, well, fuck. So then on the podcast, I was like, can I change it to Mark Henry? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You can do it. You can change it to Mark Henry. I was like, why not? And then at the end, apparently, I misread the last bonus question, which was, Will there be a celebrity or debut that isn't Cole or Danielson? And I thought that it's like that it said not counting like Ruby Riot or like or Ruby Soho or anybody in the Casino Battle Royal. So that's why I wrote no. And I was the only person to write no. And they're like, Are you uh... sure you understood this question? I was like, I could have sworn it said that what. Well, battle royal so they're yeah, like i had to double read that because it was, I, it was ruby but anyone else in the casino could be a surprise and there's still at least like one or two open spots but i guess they could be yeah. filled tonight well, on rampage well they, 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 already, on they rampage already did tonight. yeah they already filled up the whole thing like oh, on okay. yeah on a media call like this week uh what's her okay. call it uh tony khan said that the 20th person was reho um okay. so they're they are up to 20 now so it's just the joker which everybody yeah, is which, assuming is going to be ruby yeah which okay interesting so yeah apparently like pat brought up the like read directly from the thing and ruby was not listed as one of the two people that are not being counted for the last bonus question so i was told that i could either change my pick of Mark Henry uh, back <laughs> to Adam Shear and then be a yes for there's going to be a debut and it's going to be Ruby or keep it at no and I keep Mark Henry and I was like okay well I'll take I'll take not being on an island for a question that I misread yeah. other than a thing that I don't think they're going to pull Paul White they they wouldn't have done like a month long storyline of Paul White's debut just to be like, no, no. like he's debuting. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't listen to our predictions and you want to, that is up on the podcast sites and YouTube. So just follow us on social media at deep six wrestling. 
Uh, our link is in the description for any of the different podcast sites you want to listen to, uh, or just go to YouTube at Deep Six Wrestling, and all our podcasts are on there as well. Um, yes. Uh, so starting off with Impact, uh, started off with Tennille Dashwood, Caleb with a K, and Madison Rain versus Rachel Ellering, Jordan Grace, and Taylor Wilde. And this was a weird choice for a startup match, but I was glad it got it done and over with early on yeah, in the show. That's how I felt as well. I mean, it's fine. It, a trios match where you know it's in mixed genders. It's it's not a recipe for success for sure. Yeah. but that's all right. Yeah, this was this was a fine start. Just again, it got rid of this. I didn't have to look forward to it ever. Like the rest of the card, I wasn't having like. Oh man, I still gotta wait for this match to show up. Uh, so good to get over with. Crowd was like mixed. They were very over for Jordan and Rachel showing up. They did not care about anybody else in this match. Yeah. Um, Taylor Wilde has to be the most to that impact has brought in to this company this year because there's well, Madison been... Ray might give her a mon- run for her money. That that is fair. That, yeah, that, that crowd, uh, there's no uh, Madison Rain stands out there in the audience. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> There'll be a, a Cesaro section for her soon. Yeah. <laughs> of the 150 people that are there, there's going to be somebody like five people with Madison Rain section signs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, uh, so Taylor Wilde ends up picking up the win for her team with a bridging suplex on Caleb. Um, I mean, if Does Caleb actually got a move of offense in, or is he just literally taking every hit? Um, he seemed I can't remember to if he like, actually. I think he hit like one or two like slaps or like right. pushes, but like there was no pushing five. Yeah, there was no like actual good offense from Caleb. Uh, I, I was glad that his bow tie on his uh, his neck brace stayed on the entire time. Yeah, kinda... that was impressive. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was the opening match. Um, Madison Rain and Tennille, I couldn't tell you anything that they did of note other than like overselling and like being like super protective of themselves. Other than that, yeah, this was a match. Yeah. Um, after this, we got highlights of Deanna Peraza versus Molina at NWA Empower, uh, showing, uh, Deanna's match uh, and her successful title reign or defense uh, over Molina with her tapping her out to a modified half Boston Crab. Um, yeah, I watched win. That's pretty big. Yeah, I watched this match. Okay. Um, it was the only match on Empower I watched. Um, it was a pretty damn good match for like we were very we were both pretty skeptical of Molina. Um, after her match against Brandy Lauren on Impact and like the mixed tag match, just being like, okay, these are there. Not so sure how she's going to work like an actual match against Deanna. She did pretty damn well. I thought it was a very good match. It was good back and forth stuff. Um, Melina had a really interesting submission that she did, and it's very hard to describe, but they showed it on this highlight package. Um, but, uh, one weird thing about this match that they didn't talk about in the highlight package is midway through, or like towards the end of the match, Molina like starts running and her leg literally just falls apart for no apparent reason. Like she just collapses on the ground and oh. I was fuck just happened. Like it, it legitimately looked like the Goldberg situation. Uh, at some yeah, I mean that screams ACL tear, but uh, maybe hopefully it's not that serious. So that's that's where we get to this. So as like as this is like she continues on with the match. Uh, commentary, uh, the female commentator for this match or for this show was Velvet Sky, TNA original, nice yeah. Impact Legend, Velvet Sky who claims that <laughs> Molina has been wrestling for quite some time with a torn ACL <laughs> and just oh, is not getting boy. it fixed. And 
Like people I saw on Twitter were like, "What?" <laughs> she has. They literally made no mention of this before. She has no knee brace, no ankle brace, no brace at all. She walks fine. She's like running fine. Like I think she's just overselling. Yeah, it's quite and, the sell. Pulling yeah, a Jose Canseco. Yeah, but a, a, like Velvet's guy like keeps on talking about like, oh yeah, she she's had a torn ACL for a while. Uh, this just wasn't smart on her. It's like I don't think anybody would have been like, yeah, let's do a. <laughs> Let's do a multi-month-long uh, program, Build up. building up for a title match, a big title match, uh, with somebody who might not be able to walk in a match. I don't think NWA and Impact are that stupid. Uh, I think this is just Velvet Sky really trying to oversell this. Um, yes, uh, but the honor retains, and then we get a highlight package of. Mickey James versus Kylie Ray from NWA. Let me pause you here. Yes. Because my comment just from the highlight reel was I'm surprised they basically went out in the same exact ring gear. Yes. (laughs) Right? Because the highlight was was tough to decipher. I mean, once you saw their faces, it was fine. But like, they're both in like the same like gold ish tints, long pants, same long black hair. So it it was hard to tell. Who was who for a little bit there? Yes. No, you, you are totally fair with that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so Mickey James beats Kylie in her date, her in ring return. And you know what? They didn't really like impact in, you know, they showed obviously Deanna and Melina both coming out. It, uh, they built it up on impact. So yeah. Makes sense. But they didn't really recognize like that it was Kylie Ray, the same Kylie Ray. I mean, I guess all the fans know. Yeah, no one's not aware if you're watching. In fact, but I, I thought that was interesting that they didn't even mention her name. Yeah, they avoided that... any clips of her offense. Totally agreed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Mickey beats Kylie, and then Mickey is attacked. Yeah, attacked by as the commentator said, it's the masked woman <laughs> who uh, is revealed to be Diana attacking uh, Mickey. Uh, and obviously setting up the money feud of Mickey versus Deanna, most likely for Bound for Glory. Oh, yeah. I am all in on this. Yeah, that's that's as good as it gets for an Impact uh, women's feud to have Mickey James back in the title hunt against, right now, one of the best uh, Impact women's champions in a long time. Yeah. Um. After this, we go right backstage to Gia, who is interviewing uh, John King Matt and Deanna about just life in general, basically what's next for Deanna. And Deanna says uh, that she kept on telling everybody that she was going to beat Melina, and people kept on saying you couldn't do it without Matt. Uh, but really, it was Melina couldn't beat anybody without somebody trying to help her whether it's Mickey or whether it's Trey, which gets Matt to get the mic and says that now that uh, they are done with Mickey, uh, with Molina, uh, the focus for Matt is to show that he can wrestle uh, and he wants to start by going after Trey because they have unfinished business. Uh, and then Deanna finishes it off by saying that uh, everybody needs to know that you don't cross the king and queen of impact. Uh so, yeah. Um, yeah. After this, we get Tommy Dreamer uh, addressing why he's uh, accepted this match against Ace Austin, why this match was made, uh, and said that he's had multiple matches, big matches with Christian for titles before. It was just not too long ago where he faced Jack Swagger and Christian for the ECW World Championship in which he won it. Uh, then Christian shows is, up. I'm surprised he said Swagger, not Hager. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I'm surprised too, but I guess it's impact. This is just impact being like, yeah, we 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 don't care about yeah. anything like that. Uh, and also, I think it's also partially that I don't think Hager wants to be recognized as Swagger anymore. 
considering like the, when they brought him into AEW, they had the whole promo and like there's the chance for we the people and Jack Swagger, and they shut that down with the whole. That was just yeah. a, a bad idea, bad creative, everything. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so Christian comes over, uh, and hey, we've had title matches before, but we, you've never actually pinned me or beaten me. Uh, to which Dreamer says, yeah, that's true. Um, and hopefully, if I beat Ace tonight, uh, I will get the chance to write that that one thing that I haven't done yet against you, and that is beat you for a title and pin you for the title. Uh, and he says, but Christian, please don't come out for the match. I need to do this on my own. I don't care what Fulton and Ace have planned for me. And Christian says, okay. And then, like, has, like, a brief chuckle uh, before the uh, the screen fades to black. Uh, and then we get another great matchup. It is Crazy Steve and Black Taroos versus No Way and Falaba. Um, and uh, uh, Crazy Steve and Black Taroos come out with Havoc and Rosemary and... Crazy steer uh, followed by, and no way come out with the conga line. And one of the people in the conga line jumps into the ring and attacks Rosemary, and it's, just, it's Tasha Steals. Uh, and then Havoc like runs after Tasha uh, up the entrance ramp, and Savannah Evans comes out from the top of the entrance ramp and lays out oh, Havoc. Sure. And then Havoc and Rosemary like run to the back. And Crazy Steve is very confused. He is very confused about what the fuck just happened. Um, and the crowd thinks that Falaba was like behind this whole thing and starts booing him heavily. Oh, they turned on him fast. Uh, and he, he, he like tries to get the crowd back on him inside. And they, like we get a Crazy Steve chant instead. <laughs> and yeah. so follow Boz just like okay well fuck it if they're not gonna root for me I'm just gonna be a heel and try to eat people uh, multiple times throughout this match he tries to like bite the face and hand and fingers of Crazy Steve after Crazy Steve tried to do it to him uh, crowd just boos him throughout um, they boo No Way Jose and like start chanting weird like yes way at him and he's like no it's no way and they're like, yes, way. And then uh, Black Tours comes in, and there's a big Tours chant. Uh, this was a weird match. Um, Decay wins because, of course, they were going to win. It was a very easy wrestling win. match. Yes. Yeah, that's how it felt. Because, like, obviously, they were a little thrown off, I think, by the crowd turn. Yes. Too. But, um, I mean, yeah, it felt like a very indie match. I mean, the, the fans are really into it. It was one of those types of matches where it was probably better to be there in person than on screen, watching at home. Agreed. Um. After this, we get our flashback moment of the week, mm-hmm. which is final resolution Sting versus Christian Cage for the NWA Impact TNA, NWA TNA Impact World Championship. Um, I'm just happy that the first shot of this thing is Tyson Tomko. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah, we got some Tyson Tomko this week. Impressive. We also got the screwiest of screwy finishes that I've ever seen. That was the screwiest screw job I've ever seen in my life. I think that was every Impact World Title (laughs) pay-per-view match for like the three-year span that was in. So Honestly. (laughs) So Tyson Tomko gets involved and then Father James Mitchell and Sting come out, or not Sting, Abyss come out, and they start beating up on Tyson Tomko. And then Father James Mitchell gets in and starts, like, just yelling at Sting, who then Sting puts him in a, like, the the fucking Scorpion Deathlock. And then Abyss is standing there and, like, yelling at Father James Mitchell because I guess he was going to turn on Father James Mitchell. And then tells Sting to turn around. So Sting turns around and he just clocks Sting in the back with a chain. Yeah, unbelievable. 
And then it's revealed that Tyson Tomko and Christian were in on this the whole time. And that apparently they had Father James Mitchell and Abyss attack Tyson Tomko to throw off Unbelievable. And then had Abyss turn on Father James Mitchell. Just to throw Sting off even more. <laughs> this is the most convoluted storyline I've ever heard of. <laughs> TNA, TNA. I'm glad they showed this because that, that is my new favorite moment in wrestling history. <laughs> it was um, an interesting choice to have because I think, I mean, that was a big title change, but his other, you know, Christian Cage moment could have been better off showing. For real. Um, after this, we get W. Morrissey uh, backstage uh, saying that uh, Sammy Callahan made a big mistake hitting him with a baseball bat, but that he actually has to uh, acknowledge that he has a shred of respect for Sammy and Eddie now that they are very open, that they dislike each other, that they actually hate each other, even though everybody in this company tries to pretend that everybody's friends with everybody. So them being honest about their hatred for each other makes uh, Morrissey respect them. Then Moose comes out, says that uh, he has agreed with everything that Morrissey has said since he came to the company. Uh, He hasn't gotten in Moose's way yet, and now both of them have common enemies with both of them not liking Sammy and Eddie. And that they, they don't want to be friends, but they should be an alliance. And they agree to that. And that is a scary thought of these two mm-hmm. monsters being allied. Um, then we get Moose into the ring. And he starts running down uh, Eddie Edward and saying that Eddie thinks he's a hero. And that he's always here to save the day. But this story doesn't have a happy ending. This story doesn't have the hero coming out on top. This time, the hero meets the devil, the wrestling god himself, Moose. And then he calls out Eddie to come down. Eddie comes. They brawl for a bit. Morrissey comes down, lays it, helps uh, Moose lay out uh, Eddie. And really cool part here. Uh, he, Morrissey looked like he was going to go for a choke slam, but instead he like lifted him up and tossed him across the ring for Moose to hit his lights out spear. I thought that looked really cool. Um, and yeah, Sammy doesn't come to the rescue. Eddie just lays there and Moose and Morrissey walk out. And this is a terrifying idea of a group of these two guys working together. How do yeah, you feel about uh, it? No, it's a scary, scary duo. I mean, they're, they're two of the biggest. I'm really happy, actually, with Morrissey's progression right now and impact. Like, this is this is the right, like, place for him, you know? Side with someone else. Uh, even though he kind of went with the lone wolf thing, it just makes logistical sense. He's still going to be one of the top guys now. He's aligned with another top heel. I think that's only good for him. Whereas Agreed. there's another guy in a similar – that had a similar starting point that I – Disagree with, and we'll talk about him later. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Moose and Morrissey make sense together. Um, and yeah, it definitely it puts Morrissey right on the right, uh, back on the right track. I think. Um, Absolutely. And like you said, you start off with the lone wolf gimmick type thing. I think he still kind of has it, but he realizes that he's not going to be able to beat. Sammy and Eddie every single time by himself. So, might as well find somebody else who dislikes them equally. Yeah. Speaking of that other person, we have a Steve Macklin vignette. Um, yeah, that's that was next. Yep, where he wow. is, he complains about PD claiming to be the destroyer, the Canadian destroyer. He hasn't destroyed. He doesn't know how to destroy anything. When Macklin, all he's ever done is destroy, uh, and had people try to destroy him, and that's why next week he is challenging Petey to another match, uh, and then says that next week 
is going to be all out mayhem. And yep. Yeah, I I I I've voiced it before. Steve Macklin, I think, is in just like a weird spot. I think he's got that same monster heel presence as Morrissey and Moose, but he's just not gonna be Morrissey or Moose. I don't I don't think there's just really room for him right now. And I don't I don't see where he goes even with this feud. Win or lose, you know, he beats Pity Williams again. Great. Where does he go next? He's not going for Josh Alexander. I don't I just don't see the path for him right now. Yeah, I've got no idea. Um I think Mac I think eventually it is gonna lead to Macklin versus Josh, but they have so much invested in Josh. I don't see them being like, Well, Let's just end all this and give it to Steve. Um, I still think that Josh is going to go into Bound for Glory still as champ. And I would expect that holy too. Yeah, uh, I don't. It, it. I said before that I thought that Josh was going to cash in option C at Bound for Glory, and that was going to be the main event. Was going to be Josh versus. Omega, obviously that's not a thing right now since Omega doesn't have the championship anymore. It's Christian. Yeah. It could be like a like a mutual respect thing of Josh just being like, I've beaten everybody in the X division. It's my time now. And like he's the one to take it off for Christian. Um or Ace, if that's the case, and Ace like takes the title off of uh, Christian wildly at Vic- Victory Road. Um, I don't see that happening, but um, yeah, um, I, I I don't know what else they would do other than like Macklin versus Josh Alexander at that show, and that's not really that exciting of a match at, to me. I don't know. Right, no, there's a lot of flaws with it. It feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah, after this, we get TJP, uh, No Way Jose, or No Way and Fala asking them, like, what happened backstage or with the conga line. They were like, hey, we didn't know that Tasha was in there. Like, people just hop in the conga line because it's fun. And everybody loves the conga uh-huh. line and having fun. Anybody's welcome to get it. Anybody's there. TJP and No Way. Adam Rose might be there this week. Oh, that would be a wild one. Um, TJP and No Way have like a little stare down. Uh, like, he's like, so you replaced me with him uh, to follow? And I was like, no, I didn't replace him. He was just there for me. Uh, and then TJP like waves the broom at Fala, and then like they like keep on putting their hands on top of it, and then their hands on top of each other, and they laugh and agree to be together. And then no way is like, oh, like let me prove that I, I'm good too. And he just starts stacking his hands on top of the broom. And TJP's like, okay, you're cool. We're cool. Next week, let's go to Swinger's Palace as a group. It's not dead, Angelo. It's I, coming back I'm next so week. I'm so excited. Follow Bob then says, I don't know if that's the best idea. <laughs> because I have a slight gambling problem. <laughs> and TJP says, don't worry. Remember when I, he hit on 19? Yeah. Whatever it was. <laughs> he did. He did. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, TJP says that nothing will go wrong because he's always got the luck at Swinger's Palace. Uh, then we get a violent by design pro- vignette of them say, uh, punishing Rhino and saying that they need to abandon him before he can come back to them. Um, and that he is the reason for all of their losses uh, in the last few months. And the, the final shot is him handcuffed to a pole in a jail and then, like, the lights go off, and he, like, screams, help me. Um, which, weird, but yeah. Um, I think this was known that they, they, we, we knew they were punishing him. Uh, I still think that, like, he returns, and instead of returning with them, he returns with Heath. Um, 
but yeah, that I is just me. That yeah. No, that, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, then we get Josh Alexander's open challenge. The open challenge is open to anybody who is a former X division champion. Uh, Matt Stryker asked D'Lo if he, he's done any scouting, if he could give us any insight on who this person would be. Walked around hours before the show started, and there was no new faces. So obviously that puts in the idea, well, it's going to be somebody who's, our, who's still on the roster. And then Jake Chris comes out, who that was somebody I didn't see coming. Um, so for those who don't know Jake Christ, he was part of Ohio versus everything or everyone with, uh, Sammy Callahan and his brother, Dave and Madman Fulton. Um, and then he joined him at, it was him, RVD, Katie Forbes, his brother and Joey Ryan as cancel culture. Um, group, which then got canceled because Joey Ryan and Jay Chris' brother both got outed as sexual predators. <laughs> oh, it was his brother! Wow. Yes. So then, because they like the whole stable broke apart, then like Impact just granted him a release because they were like, "We don't have anything for you as a solo guy right now." Right. Um, right. So he he took some time. He like went back to doing his own wrestling school. Um, he apparently got himself like lost a shit ton of weight, um, and he claims that he's in the best shape of his life. Uh, so yeah, um, this was a shock. I didn't see this coming, but crowd gave him a, like a good reaction. Um, apparently he uh, so. Uh, Fightful has reported that he is not re-signed with Impact, um, but that um, they still have both mutual good feelings about each other, uh, and the locker room was very welcoming back of him, uh, and he is a backstage favorite of many people. Hmm. Uh, He is also one of the better creative minds uh, over the last few years with Impact, especially with the X Division. Um, uh, with helping to produce matches and help work with the other wrestlers to help try to create different things for the X Division storylines. Um, so they said that the door is still open for Jake to come back into the fold, uh, but the uh, deal hasn't been made for him to return. Um, but that they they can see him uh, being back uh, for more than just this one appearance. Okay, that'd be cool. This was a really good match. Um, I had never watched really any Jake Crist match. Like I've seen like the random like flashback moments where it's like a Jake Crist is there. Um, but yeah, this was really strong match. Josh Alexander looked like a beast throughout this match. Uh, Jake held his own. Uh, had some pretty cool like. Uh, innovative counters to just the power that is Josh Alexander, but the power of Josh Alexander really just overpowered it towards the end. Uh, There's a point where he was like hitting four or five suplexes in a row, uh, very Brock Lesnar esque, uh, followed up by like the speed, like his speed, uh, and then his finisher, which has the uh, apparently changed names again. So this has gone from the J-Drilla to the Sam Killa to Divine Intervention, and now it is called the C4 Spike. That's what um, I thought I heard. I'm like, C4, right? Yep. So this is the fourth name change All right. This during this title run that it's had. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Alexander wins. Uh, Gia comes out. And asked Josh, why did he even do this open challenge? Josh points out that, like, ever since he became exhibition champion, he's, he's kept on felt feeling like he's had to prove himself to everybody, that he's not just a tag guy, that he's an actual wrestler, uh, like a singles guy, and he wanted to be the best X division champion that they could. 
when there was no fans, and now that the fans are back, he wants to continue that. And he wants to become the greatest, uh, one of the greatest uh, X Division champions of all time. And then Motor City Machine Guns music hits. Chris Saban comes out uh, and says, uh, he puts over Josh really well here, saying, hey, you, since you've stepped into the ring, the ring here in Impact, you've been one of my favorite wrestlers to ever I've, that I've ever gotten to watch and see in between these ropes. Um, but you can't say that you're one of the greatest without beating the greatest X Division champion. Uh, and he runs down that Josh is only a one-time X Division champion, but he is never he's not a one-time champ or a two-time champ or a three-time champ, but he is an eight-time X Division champion. And he says that before Josh accepts his challenge, he needs to think it over strongly about what he has to lose. Because if Saban loses, he's still an eight-time champ. If Josh loses, his run is at one, and Chris Saban becomes the nine-time X Division champion, uh, which yeah. will make him the great, the undisputed greatest X Division uh, wrestler of all time. Um, jo- uh, Josh thinks about it for a bit before shaking his hand. And at Victory Road, we have Chris Saban versus Josh Alexander for the X Division title. That should be a very good match. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this I wasn't actually really expecting this. And Chris Saban has been on a pretty strong roll, I would say. He's one-on-one with Moose, but he, he really doesn't lose very often for, you know, he's not in the Petey Williams role where he's the veteran that is taking a lot of losses. But Chris Saban's like, He's the veteran. He's he recently held the tag titles again. He's he's doing things again as a veteran, even though he's a producer. So honestly, you know, I, I don't see Josh Alexander's momentum being stopped. But this is this is a believable opponent for him right now. Yeah, um, I feel like this is this goes down the line of like when Deanna like was claiming to be the greatest knockouts champion. And Gail Kim's like, oh, well, to be, be considered the best, you have to beat one of the best and end up being Molina. It's like, well, she's never been one of the best knockouts. It is literally her debut. Yeah, um, so that one, eh. But... Whereas this is literally, like, the face of the X Division for so long. Yeah, um, he's done it all. He's even turned it into the world title at one yeah. point. So, yeah. This, yeah. The, the, this the right this makes sense. <laughs> um. Also, before we leave this Josh Alexander stuff, uh, should be pointed out that Josh put up a post uh, this week uh, saying that after 15 years, he is officially a, a full-time professional wrestler, uh, that he quit his uh, other job, uh, which looked to be like a construction worker or like electrician or something. Uh, he just put like a picture of like a safety vest boots and a hard hat apparently like he's been doing both part-time um but now that he's at a stable place in impact wrestling and uh apparently it seems like he signed a new long-term deal with them um he is in a good financial place that he can quit his other job and go full-time into wrestling which that's just a wild thing to think about um like, and he wasn't full time. Yeah, he was. He was a tag team champ for or like a year plus. Yep. Yeah, no, it it is crazy. But I mean, recently I read something because I think you brought it up too. Like Jordan Grace is an example. Like she has a another job as a transcriber as yep. well. Um, Impact has that schedule with the tapings, and they don't really do live events outside of I guess you know the pay per views. Like yeah. They don't have like they don't have a touring schedule. So right. a lot of people, I think use this as their second job. Yes. Um, you know, and, and like Jordan Grace, I guess, doesn't do the indie scene like hard where some wrestlers, you know, are constantly on the indie scenes. Maybe this is a good thing for Josh Alexander. He's really going to go fully committed. Maybe he'll be able, I, I think he has a New Japan date, right? Yeah, he's been doing a few, new, like the New Japan, um, not the live shows, but their U.S. tape the shows, the strong yeah. sh- shows. He's so, done like two or three of them now. 
yeah, so he's definitely branching out. And I, other people outside of Impact are recognizing this year how good of a talent he is. So I think between Impact and potentially other deals, he's going to have that full plate as a wrestler. And that's just great for everybody. Yeah. So good for, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of him on the indie scene, uh, he was at AAW. It's some Chicago-based uh, indie promotion uh, last night uh, in a world title match or their world title uh, against Fred Yee or Yeehai. Uh, he has been in Ring of Honor and in uh, New Japan as well. Uh, they went to a 60-minute draw. Oh, okay. Uh, and apparently, like, people are saying that it was one of the best, like, matches of the year, like, for any company. Um, huh. So that's that's wild. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it definitely shows uh, that Josh is definitely a hot commodity. Um, I also think that, uh, speaking of, like, other people that, like, in Impact that have had second, like, other jobs, I know Kimberly is a vet tech um, and oh, okay. what's your Alex Shelley? The whole reason he couldn't continue with Impact again was because COVID and travel restrictions with him and his other job of being a like physical therapist, right? Um, right. So yeah, there's it definitely seems like there's other people there's other people doing jobs. Like I know Deanna is back in college, uh, oh, trying to become a, a history teacher. So cool. uh, and obviously everybody's favorite teacher is already in impact wrestling with matt striker maybe matt he can striker, teach her yeah. some some stuff about becoming a teacher Probably um, not. speaking of teachers we get sam beal advertising for new partners to come and try out for brian myers's uh wrestling classes uh, and they show a bunch of training video like people like cutting promos with really shitty cameras uh, a guy <laughs> yeah. who's literally gardening um, and then a lineup of all the people. And then we get the, we get the become a professional wrestler with Brian Myers, chapter 32 making alliances. Um, and there's the bunch of random wrestlers. And the only person that I knew on this list of the people that they just showed was Zicky dice. Um I think that's the point, right? Yeah. Uh, there was the throw the throwaway person of Fire Ant, which um, is a Shikara guy who's had a bunch of different people under the mask. One of them was Cassidy. Uh, I think Brian Myers was it once, which is why he like went after it and thought it was Matt Cardona poking fun at him. Um, I originally like I didn't even see it. I just saw like the red mask. I was like, "Is that Curry Man?" Did, did we <laughs> yeah, get a I was Curry Man? Was Curry Man. That would have um, been excellent. It would have. Um, we got uh, him asking questions. Uh, Brian Myers asking people questions and asking one guy who his favorite wrestler is of all time, and he said Mojo Rawley. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> what a response. <laughs> to which Brian Myers immediately says, "Get out of here! You're cut." Um, <laughs> <laughs> understandable if you're in the wrestling business and your favorite wrestler is Mojo Rawley you're not uh, you're not in the right profession we've got Manny Lemons uh, the gardener guy who doesn't speak English um, and Zicky Dice is our final three people uh, the gardener gets cut because he doesn't speak English apparently That's that was a <laughs> something and also he just kept on talking um, and so then Matt or Brian Myers goes to interview Zicky Dice and asks him how long he's been in the wrestling business. He says he's been in the business for 34, 34 years. years. Uh, okay. To which Brian Myers says, well, if you, you've been in the business for 34 years, how come I've never heard of you before now? And Zicky Dice says, well, how come I've never heard of you before uh, to which Brian Myers starts to say that you're cut. <laughs> and Sam Beal says, wait, if you cut him, we're stuck with Manny Lemons. <laughs> which is... What a name. Manny Lemons. Manny Lemons. Um, yeah, so Zicky Dice and Manny Lemons will be back next week for some more training. Uh, to which Sam Beal <laughs> says, if you stick with us long enough... 
maybe I'll even let you know how to cut your own shirts. <laughs> These have been brilliant. The, yeah, this is good. I mean, I also liked how uh, Ryan Meyer said, this is normally a 114-week Yes. We're going to fit this into one five-minute segment. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. So this uh, uh, Zicky Dice yeah. is excel here, I think. So my um, only knowledge of Zicky Dice is I, I saw him lose, at, what was it, like the NWA US title or something? I, I don't know yep. what title it was. Yep. Yeah, so he lost it to the Pope last year yep um so he, he's been in nwa it sounds like yep uh and he's so this is the first we've really heard of him since then because that was the end of his contract essentially so now seems like he's gonna be an impact guy yeah uh he was at a few AEW darks but i don't think he ever wrestled them he was just like in the crowd like during the no like fan shows oh uh, so like people thought he was gonna be like the next in nwa guy to move over because like the the last the first person to win the the that uh, what was the NWA uh, television title I guess it was or the North yeah, American maybe. yeah the, it was a television title first one was Ricky Starks who immediately quit the company once he won uh, so he held it for two days um, wow. before giving it to Zicky Dice and then Zicky Dice loses to the Pope. Immediately, it was the end of his contract as well. <laughs> so, and then he just started showing up on AEW Dark and like in in the crowd for AEW. So people were like, "Oh, he's going to be signed there." Uh, then he stopped showing up for those. Uh, and yeah, he is uh, in Impact. He's a, a fightful report like a few weeks ago that he had signed a multi year deal with Impact, uh, wow. which was weird that like something like that came out because normally like impacts like the first people to report on that because like, especially with people who haven't even debuted with the company yet. So yeah. Um, only things I really know about Ziggy Dice cause I don't follow, I've never really followed him too much is uh, he went to, he was trained by uh, Seth Rollins um, and his training school in Iowa. Um, and that he is, still part of a touring band that I've seen at least once, maybe twice, uh, Heart to Heart, um, who just got signed to a record deal last year. So, uh, yeah, yeah, busy, busy boy. Um, But I really like his gimmick of just being the outlandish Zicky Dice, the pink jacket, the bleach blonde hair looks real good. It's definitely a meshing style with, clean cut Brian Myers. Yeah, um, it's a throwback. So this is I fun. love it. I absolutely love this. Um and Manny Lemons, I have no idea anything about him, but he has a shirt. This is Manny Lemons. Yeah, I, I to presume which, he's not sticking around very long. Uh I think the best part about Manny Lemons is uh, crushed the lemon. Sam was yeah. He he crushed the lemon with his hand, and also Sam Beal asking how many lemons, and uh, Brian Myers having to correct him and saying it's many lemons, not many lemons. Right. <laughs> was great. Um, then we got the match that I totally forgot was happening. It's another mixed tag match yeah. or intergender match. It is. Rohit Raju and Shira versus Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona. And this was not the ending I was expecting at all. No, um, I mean, like, Chelsea Green took a knee to the face. Yeah. And it got knocked um, out by Rohit. Yeah. Shira and Ro- Shira got booed basically anytime he got in the ring. Rohit kept on, like, he got cheered when he came out and then just started, attack, like, yelling at the fans to try to get the heel heat back. Everybody, he, like, every time he comes out, he's always cheered and he always gets the crowd back against him, which I think is great. Uh, yeah. Cardona and Chelsea got a very loud reaction um, throughout this. Chelsea got a lot of offense in and she, like, Cardona, like, came in, like, once or twice, but mainly felt like it was Chelsea and Rohit in this match. Um, and I agree, yeah. Cardona didn't do much here. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, Chelsea held her own. Um, and this was a really unexpected ending. 
Uh, she goes for her finisher, the Unprettier, uh, and Rohit uh, gets out of the move, throws her to the ropes, and hits a really nice knee strike, jumping knee strike right to her face, and lays her out for the win. And the crowd is audibly shocked. Oh yeah, yeah. And for intergender wrestling, you don't expect that. No, absolutely not. Um, and Rohit just o- goes overboard with the celebration, laughing, jumping around, running around the outside of the ring as Cardona like checks on his fiance. This was fantastic work by all of them. Um, yeah. And that is exactly how you get your heel heat back because <laughs> hit a girl in the face. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we got Kimber and Sue Young backstage, or like in their like little vignette place, uh, and they reveal that they have converted the soul of Brandy Loren to join their ranks. So now it's three of them. All right. Okay. I don't care about that really. Then oh, the good we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I just don't know where this goes. I, I don't need another tag team. Well, impact another tag team. Her. Um then we got the good brothers come out to address Rich and Willie and why they did what they did to them and they said, Oh, they got a fluke win rolling us up and we needed to put them in their place. And now Willie's laid up in a hospital and he might never walk again. And he can't win titles if you're stuck in a hospital. And Rich Swan's music hits. He runs out with it. them down. Security comes and inter- interrupts everything. I was like, damn, this show's really running down to the end here. Um, and we still have a main event to get to. Yeah, very uh, true. Backstage, uh, Swan is still heated. He's got like five security guards keeping him in place. Scott comes over and says, Hey, like, I understand you're aggravated. I'd be aggravated too. So we're going to finish this, how things should be finished. You Carl bunkhouse brawl next week. Um, So this will be the first bunkhouse brawl and impact that I can think of. It'll be interesting to see how it compares to AEW's bunkhouse brawl, which was a very bloody affair. I just don't see Impact getting very bloody because uh, on a weekly show, uh, like if this is like a right. Victory Road or like the pay-per-view show, I'd say, yeah, this is going to be a bloodbath just based off of like the Sammy Callahan matches that they've gone with. Um, but I don't see that happening here. But I'm sure this will be a really good match because Swan's really good and Carl is really good. So should be fun. Um, then we get our rundown of everything for next week. We've got Bunkhouse Brawl match, Macklin versus Petey in a rematch. Also another rematch, David Finley versus Chris Bay. And yet another rematch of Rosemary versus Tasha Steeles of a match that I feel like has happened a million times. Just normally Kara Hogan was in her corner and not Savannah Evans. Uh, and uh, also Moose versus Eddie Edwards, which... This happened a lot, but that's mainly because they've just been around in the company yeah, for a while. They're, they've been around the top of the yeah. prop. Um, so then we get our final matches. Ace Austin versus Tommy Dreamer. I don't think anybody saw Tommy Dreamer winning this match. There was yeah. like eight minutes, eight or nine minutes given to this match, um, which was perfectly fine. These guys have pretty good chemistry. Tommy can still go in bits and pieces. Like He's not going to be a world-class wrestler right now. Um, that's not his job. His job is to put over people, help write the shows, help produce the shows and cut really good promos. And he does all of that in spades all the time. Uh, and like, there were points where you were like, Oh, Tommy might actually win this. There were other points where it was like, yeah, Tommy's just getting the shit beat out of him. Um, also Tommy dreamer, I swear does not have testicles. Because this man is obsessed with getting like kicked or like dropped on the ropes, on barricades, kicked in the balls all the time. Well, he was known for his pain tolerance in ECW. Yes. That was that was kind of his thing in the old yeah. days. Yeah, I was surprised he was wearing a mask in the ring, a polka dot mask. Yeah, interesting. Uh, wonder if he was yeah. doing that just because of the crowd, or he wanted to just add that to his uh, look. 
Yeah, I'm assuming it was just because of the part, because of the crowd, part, because of like the look. You know, like he didn't keep it on the whole time, obviously, but he did come out in it. Yeah. Um. So props to him, um, for doing that. Um, I think it's very interesting that he did that the same like week that a bunch of, like a few people on impact in that are on the roster of impact like went off on masks and va- vaccines and stuff. So that's an interesting Maybe making thing. a point on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Diener, crazy Steve and the good brothers have been very outspoken about masks not being needed. And the like people saying that would like, you need to get the vaccine to get uh, things back to normal are just afraid of th- of like living their own lives. Uh, and yeah, I think this is just Tommy just being like, hey, I'm sticking up for like everybody else because yeah. Dreamer's yeah. always been about that. Uh, yeah, but yeah exactly. Ace Austin ends up picking up the win, then standing on top of uh, Tommy's body. Uh, as he celebrates and we end the show. I thought this was a really good ending. Ace picks up a, a win. Was there help? Yes, but none of us thought it was going to be a clean win. Uh, but it, was like, it wasn't like, oh, Fulton got in the ring, beat the crap out of him, and Ace Austin just laid on him. Uh, Tommy uh, got pulled out of the ring by Fulton, beat up Fulton, tried to get back in the ring. Ate the fold. That was it. Um, how do you feel about this? This show. Uh, the show overall, the ending. I think it was it was a solid match, enjoyable. So I would give it a thumbs up. I agree. I would also give it a thumbs up. Um, I guess we should also point out. Um, we send our condolences to Daphne's family because yes. since she passed away in very very scary situation. Um, if you are feeling demons or anything like that, definitely there's never a bad time to try and reach out, get help, um, all that jazz. Uh, and yeah, um, I've got to say, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think she was around in WWE very long if she was ever, but props to WWE for saying that they're paying for grief counselors for anyone who wants them. Um, Mm-hmm. Don't don't be like Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson goes on Twitter and says the WWE sucks for doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that's not the hill to die on there. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like I understand you hate WWE, but like not the time and place for that. Um, I never saw any of her work. Um, I'm sure you did because you were an Impact guy. Yeah, I, I remember faintly um, her work with uh, Abyss. I mean, she was part of that like Abyss squad, so. She was, you know, not, I guess, like the most important knockout wrestler necessarily, but she was pretty important for making Abyss the monster he was and is known for. So, and Impact, they they did acknowledge at the beginning of the show, which was yes. nice. Yes, yes. So. Um, also, should point out, uh, like, the, I didn't realize, like, the amount of impact that she clearly has had in the women's division, like, women's wrestling in general, like, a lot of women, especially like uh, Havoc, Rosemary, um, Deanna Prazo, uh, Jordan Grace, all put up posts about it. Um, <laughs> apparently, she was very big and influential in like the creation and like uh, maintaining or like maintaining relevance of uh, Shimmer, which is an all women's promotion in the United States. Yeah, um, that's true. Natalia po- uh, in WWE posted that she was like one of her biggest influences in sticking with women's wrestling and showing like what women could do. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people post making posts about it, and like a lot of people seem very affected by this one. Um, I de- it definitely shows that like mental health is like a serious issue still, not just in like America, but especially in pro wrestling. Um, because this is not the first time that we've seen something happen like this, uh, especially right. in the last year and a half. Like last year, there was the whole Hannah Kimura thing in 
uh, Japan with her taking her life because of fans or people bullying her for like being on reality television and like having bad matches. Um, we've had obviously the Benoit situation. Uh, we had Tommy Dreamer even speaking the mental health was at one point that he threatened to kill himself at uh, uh, WrestleMania. Um, so this is ne- this hasn't been a, like a new issue. This has been a thing that's been going on in wrestling for a while. It definitely needs to be spoken up about more. Um, and Jake Atlas, who just got released by WWE, po- pointed out that like at, he thinks that WWE getting signed by WWE. Uh, and just the NXT mentality of like trying to help each other really saved him at points because he said that uh, WWE like knew, like he came out to WWE about his mental health issues and they said that they would pay for any therapy that he wanted or needed. Wow. Um, and so yeah, if you have more promotions like that that are willing to like be like, hey, like we will help you get better. Like, that's really good. And hopefully more people, like, will come out and be like, yeah, the, like, I have these issues. And, like, get rid of the stigma behind, like, being open about mental health. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, what it's all about. Absolutely. You know, protecting, protecting your bodies, protecting mentally and physically. It's, that's what it's all about, sticking up for each other. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, sorry to end on a little bit of a down note. But we will be back next week, as always. Uh, big yeah. week in wrestling this weekend. You've got uh, tonight uh, and tomorrow night, uh, or morning, whatever you want to say. Uh, for New Japan, they have their Wrestle Grand Slam shows. Um, then we've got Sunday night, uh, All Out. Um, and then, obviously, next Wednesday will be the fallout from that show. Uh, and the lead-up to their next big show, which is going to be their Arthur Ashe show uh, in New York, which as of right now is still going on, even though apparently there's reports that it might, like, get or, like, trimmed down in how many people are allowed to do because of COVID. Um, But they're still, yeah, apparently that was, like, the reason that people, uh, like, uh, people were reporting that Danielson was going to debut at All Out is because he was supposed to do it at the Arthur Ashe show, but apparently because of the fear of COVID, uh, as of right now, I think they've sold like almost 18 or like 17,000 tickets for that show. So it will will overtake the United Center show for punk already on sold tickets. But But yeah, but they're worried that they might have to retract back on some. Correct. Yeah. No, natural. So no, Um, better off to get the, uh, the big, uh, you know, debut out with the crowd while we have it. It's yeah. changed by the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm just looking because I know yesterday apparently they released more tickets for it. Um, so they are still like trying to sell more tickets for it, even if they might lose out on it at the end. Um, if things go back uh, differently, but uh, I don't see it now but uh it does seem like they are um like they they did announce that you do have to have vaccine uh um so that's the the first step that people are like okay well maybe this is gonna get closed down uh but it does seem like they are still going to be selling tickets as much as they can okay i mean as as what I've just seen in every, like, all, you know, New York City and Philadelphia, it's come down to if you're vaccinated, they're letting you do all these events. Yeah. Especially the indoor events. So I think that's just what it comes down to is proof of vaccination. Yeah. I am very interested to see how this is going to go because, like, I, I've never seen a show here. Um, I don't think there's ever, like, I can't think of a, any wrestling show that's ever been at this arena. So, um, yeah, uh, as of the beginning of this week, uh, AEW has sold 17,481 tickets to the Arthur Ashe show. The capacity limit for a wrestling show is expected to be 18,692. 
Um, they op- It was down to 500 tickets, and they just keep on opening up uh, more and more tickets. So there are currently, as of five days ago, 1,200 tickets left. Wow, okay. So Very this cool. will be the biggest show that they've ever done, and it will be the biggest wrestling show, like weekly show, um, not counting uh, SummerSlam or uh, WrestleMania uh, really? since COVID. Wow. Yeah, because right Very now, cool. like uh, the biggest show that WWE's done has been a six thousand capacity. Uh, okay. But they've been running shows at like the stadiums that would normally hold full capacity. Yeah, like, yeah, they're just not. Like okay. their MSG show, they're only selling 10,000 tickets for, but normally sell close to 18,000. Right. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Good for AEW. Yeah, Good absolutely. Um, it is interesting that AEW, since they've announced Punk, is like full time. Uh, they have opened up all their venues to almost full capacity. So like all like the Newark show was original thing. Once they announced Punk, they've opened it up to I think fourteen or thirteen thousand people. Wow. So, okay. the, it, yeah, and every show is like within a thousand seats or or lower. So yeah, wow, that's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. We will end it there. We will be back next week. And stay safe. And goodbye. Thanks for listening.